We're going to start again in the book of Luke, returning back to our studies, our series in, in our studies in Luke. And because we're beginning that today, or returning to it, uh, we need to do a quick review. Why did Luke write his gospel? Why did he write his good news about Christ? Well, he told his friend Theophilus in verses 3 and 4 in his introduction, he, he followed things closely to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, that you may have certainty concerning the things you've been taught. So he wanted his friend to gain assurance that all he had heard about the Lord Jesus Christ was true, that it was he could have confidence in it. Luke did careful research. He wanted to give us wisdom, his friend Theophilus, and the Holy Spirit wanted us to be able to gain wisdom as Jesus' followers. Wow, we focused on Jesus this morning in our singing, haven't we? The King of Kings. It's worth studying his life and knowing why he came and where he wants us to go with him out into the world. So that's why we study the life of Christ. We're in chapter 10, but we need to take a quick look back. If you have your Bibles open, if you don't, you can do that again. Turn and look at Luke chapter 9, because that gives us some, some context, some background. It's in Luke chapter 9 that, that Jesus was with his disciples, his, his intimate group of 12 disciples, and he asked them the big question. Who do people say that I am? And there were various answers, one of the prophets, this and that. And then he turned to them and said, but who do you say that I am? And of course, Peter made the great confession. You are the Christ. You are the Son of God. And it was right after that great confession, that identification of who Jesus is, that Jesus said, pick up your cross and follow me. He explained to his disciples right then and there that they were thinking the kingdom of God was going to come in all its glory and fullness, but he said, no, I'm going to the cross. I'm going to Jerusalem. I'm going to suffer there. I'm going to die there. I'm going to be rejected. They didn't understand it. In chapter 9, he sent them out on a mission. Hands-on experience. They were to cast out demons and to heal people, and the, and the 12 disciples did that. And when they came back, he kept reminding them to pick up your cross. Anyone who follows me puts their hand to the plow. They can't, they can't be following me and, and be looking back and saying, well, I'll follow you to a certain point. You're not worthy of the kingdom if you look back. Strong teachings. He was transfigured. Peter, James, and John saw him in all his glory. They came down from that mountain, and the disciples who were left behind had failed to cast out a demon because they weren't prayerfully dependent. Important lessons for disciples. They wanted to call down fire on unbelieving villages, and Jesus said, no, we're not here to do that right now. So now we're in chapter 10. And Jesus continues in his ever-expanding ministry. He begins and he continues, he doesn't begin, he continues to talk about betrayal and suffering, but in the midst of that bad news, he sends out more workers into his harvest field. He sends out the 72. More workers are sent 
to announce the arrival of God's kingdom, that it's near. Another way to say it is that it's upon us. And he keeps explaining that he's going to suffer. And his disciples didn't understand it, but we do because we have, fortunately, the insight of hindsight. So God's kingdom is here upon us. This has got to be heard. And if the kingdom of God is here, if it's near, it means the Savior has come. It means that we need to tell the message, to believe the message, and to reject this truth is devastating. So we go. Are you ready to go? Go, disciples of Christ, because he has sent you. What are you to do? What are you to say? Well, Luke helps us out there. He gives us some of Jesus' instructions in the context of the first century that we can kind of understand and apply for now. So let's take a look. Five key thoughts today. Go, follow Christ because he is the leader. The Lord is the mission leader. Look at verses 1 and 2. Mary Jane read that. Let's read it again. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them on ahead of him, two by two, into every town and place where he himself was about to go. And he said to them, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Jesus is the king. He's the Lord. He's our leader. He's the sovereign Lord of the church, the people of God. Are you a follower of Jesus? Do I dare ask you to raise your hand? You don't have to, but if you did, that's fine. <laughs> Thank you. Maybe, I, no, I won't make you raise your hand. So the Great Commission some of you know what that is by heart, right? Because all authority has been given to me, Jesus said. Therefore, what are you to do? You disciples are to go make disciples. You're making disciples. And you, you're to teach them and to baptize them and, and, and all that I've taught you. And don't forget this. I'm going to go with you wherever you are. So when you're going, be making disciples. That's the Great Commission. That is your commission if you raised your hand, whether you did it literally or in your mind and heart. Then that's your commission, to go and make disciples. In your going, be making disciples. Spread the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. The kingdom's here, so you can enter it now. That's the news. You can enter God's kingdom now. No, it's not here yet in all its glory and fullness. There's still tears of, of sorrow being shed. That's not all fixed yet, but the kingdom's coming, but the kingdom's here. You can enter it now. You can begin to taste the kingdom of God's blessings now. What is the gospel of the kingdom? I don't have time to tell you all the details of that, but if... If you remember, we did go through the book of Acts. And you know what's kind of cool to watch the kingdom message? They preached the kingdom of Christ in the book of Acts because the kingdom was here. 
the good news of the kingdom, the gospel of Christ. Peter preached it on the day of Pentecost. Believe that Jesus, the one you crucified, is the Savior. Repent, turn to him, believe and be baptized. Philip said that to the Samaritans, you know, those half half and half Jews and, and Gentile mix. They, he went to them and he preached the same message. The Apostle Paul and Barnabas, wherever they went on their mission, missions trips, they always preached that to the Gentiles, that Jesus was the Christ, the Son of God, and by believing in him you could have eternal life. Your Bibles are open. Turn to Colossians chapter 1. Paul is praying for these believers, and he says, We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus. There's that key word, believing or faith. Faith in Christ, believing he is the one. That's where it starts, this new life, this kingdom life, believing that he is the Christ. A little bit later on in chapter 1 of Colossians, in verse 13, he says, and speaking of Jesus, that he's delivered us from the dominion of darkness and transferred us. Well, actually, excuse me, speaking of God the Father, he delivered us into the kingdom of his beloved son. You've been transferred into the kingdom of God that's here, not yet in all its fullness, but you can begin to taste and experience and live the blessings and in the ways of the kingdom of God right now. And it's possible, verse 20, through him, that is Jesus, to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. That's the good news of the kingdom of God. Jesus is our leader. You knew that already. But sometimes it's good to remind ourselves that we have been called to follow the King of Kings, the Lord of the universe, God of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. You can't ignore this commission if you raised your hand and said you are his follower. Because if we're not, are we really following him? So Jesus is the Lord, our leader. Seek his help. He calls us into his kingdom, and then he sends us out to bring others into that kingdom. And one of the great things that you, if you don't know how to pray for anything else, here's one of the charges that you can pray for. Lord, you're the king of the church. You know who's going to be saved. You're the one who calls. You're the one who saves. Please. Lord, I plead with you, send out more workers. You know what's scary about saying that prayer? You know what it is, right? Yeah. He'll answer it, and you may be one of the ones going far away, near or far. You've been sent and commissioned to go, and you're to ask for this to happen. Disciples come to faith through our witness, the Church of Christ, the followers of Christ, but only Jesus can save. We need his power to serve him well. We need to follow his directions. Ask the Lord of the harvest. He's the one who brings forgiveness by his death. He's the one who gives his followers spiritual gifts to be able to do his work. He sends us with his powerful authority. What's my part? What's your part? To believe 
to build up one another in the faith, to go into the world making disciples, asking the Lord of the harvest to send others. Daryl Brock says this, missions is not a matter of marketing, <clears throat> but of the Lord's directing his people to share faithfully the grace they have experienced. I'm going to do a little preaching here. Sometimes we unintentionally lift ourselves up instead of the Lord Jesus Christ. Instead of preaching the cross of Christ, because that is offensive. It's misunderstood. It seems foolish. We preach about our church building and all we do there. We preach about our worship style, our mission statement, and all we do to fulfill it. This is a great place to be. I believe that. Promoting good programs and events and having good music and worship is not evil. Did you hear me? <laughs> Thank you, all you ministry leaders in all the different places that you are lifting up Christ and the cross. Yes, use the web. Eye-catching flyers, Facebook, electronic signs, that's all good stuff. That's the way you connect to people. What time's our worship service? Somebody needs to know if they want to come. But we, the people of God, are the best way to bring people in. It's not marketing, just advertising, but it's lifting up Christ and his cross. What did Jesus say in John 12? When I am lifted up, I will draw all people to myself. It's Christ Jesus who saves. It's faith in his cross death alone that cleanses us from our sins dirt. It's his power alone that changes people from sinners into citizens of heaven. It's the life changes that Christ is making in you and me that promotes the gospel of Christ that lifts him up to the world. The apostle Paul was accused of being weak. Why was he accused of being weak? Because he preached the cross of Christ. There were people in his day that were saying, you know what, Paul? Yeah, preach the cross, but, but can't we, you know, fluff up the gospel a little bit with the idea of, of good works, too? Or uh, becoming more Jewish? Or let's add the idea of self-promotion a little bit. The, the cross is a symbol of shame and of suffering and weakness. Let's, let's try and find a more positive message than the cross than a savior who died. No, go and be lifting up Christ. Figure out a way to lift up Christ even as you promote good programs and events that happen here or a Bible study in your home or whatever it is. Think about lifting up Christ. Bring glory to Jesus with a life that loves others, that sacrifices in your everyday so that others can hear. I need to move on. Secondly, go knowing this making disciples business is not easy. Jesus said, I'm sending you out as sheep among wolves. Get a picture there. I, I know most of us aren't farmers. I certainly never was a sheep farmer. But sheep are a picture of weakness and other things. We want to be strong. We want to set the pace. We want to be cool. We want to fit in. Churches even 
want to do that. But the greatest thing in the kingdom of God is what? They're people who are servants, people who are bond slaves to other people. They're people who become like children. That's what Jesus said. You know, Jesus came as a lamb so he could be a sacrifice. He will come as a lion. That entrance hasn't happened yet, but he's coming as a lion to be feared. Our might is not in ourselves, but it's in Christ. We are strong in Christ, not in popularity or in political influence. We are strong in Christ. We walk with Christ. We speak as his ambassadors. And though it may appear that the gospel is irrelevant and not having any impact on our culture, we're sheep, remember. Sheep are weak. They follow the leader, and sometimes the leader is not very smart. Remember this, the message of Christ is never powerless. Never powerless, for I am not ashamed of the gospel. What is the gospel? You have to believe that Jesus is the Christ. He lived 2,000 years ago, died almost 2,000 years ago. Raised to life, are you kidding me? Yes, that's our message. I'm not ashamed of the good news about Christ. This is the New Living Translation. It is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes, Jews first and also Gentiles. This good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. It is through faith that a righteous person has life. So sheep are a picture of weakness, and wolves are a picture of danger. When Jesus speaks truth, there's this potential. When we speak Jesus' truth, there's this potential that there's going to be hostility, that we're going to be ridiculed, that we're not going to fit in, that we're going to be rejected. And you know what's interesting? Despite that, Jesus knows that's what's going to happen because it happened to him. What does he do? He sends us out anyway. It's going to be dangerous out there. Romans chapter 8 asks the question, one of many in that chapter 8 of Romans, and it answers. What's the question? Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Tribulation? No. Distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, or sword? No, we are more than conquerors in him who loves us. Have you ever thought about what it means to be more than conquerors? <laughs> if you're a conqueror, what more is there? <laughs> you know some of the answers. If you are in Christ, you are more than a conqueror. So death cannot conquer you because you are in Christ. Distress will not conquer you because you have the joy of the Lord and his blessings in your life. You're assured of his love. 
Can you name a few things that you are more than conquerors? You're a child of God. You're a friend of Christ. You're an ambassador of the King of Kings. You're a beloved one. You are holy. You're a citizen of heaven. The list goes on and on and on. If you are in Christ, then that is your position. The Lord of glory has sent us out into the world with this message. It's not an easy task. We are sheep and there are wolves out there. So what do you do? Well, thirdly, you go urgently and genuinely. Now, the disciples went culturally relevant in their time and place. Urgent news, so they traveled lightly. Look at verses 4 through 8 of the chapter. Luke chapter 10. Carry no money bag, no knapsack, no sandals. Greet no one on the road, no backpacks. Okay? Whatever house you enter, first say, Peace be to this house. And if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest upon him. But if not, it will return to you. And remain in the same house, eating and drinking what they provide, for the laborer deserves his wages. Do not go from house to house. Whenever you enter a town they re- and they receive you, eat what is set before you. Stop there. Urgent news, so travel lightly. Depend on others for support, no purse. Take what you receive, trust in God. So if they feed you this, you eat it. No extra clothes, no extra shoes. Don't even stop and greet people along the way. That's not saying be rude to people. It's just saying your task is urgent. Don't get distracted by long conversations that are just being out there when, you know, this was an urgent time because Jesus is headed toward Jerusalem to die. The news had to be out there that the kingdom was near. It was here. Say it. How we act and speak gives credence or takes away some of the integrity if it's negative to the gospel. Go urgently and genuinely. The news of Jesus is so urgent. You know, tragically in the news, it just happened, right? The fires in Hawaii. Word didn't get out. And so many people died seems needlessly. People, there's fiery wrath coming on the world. God's just judgment. Word needs to get out. We are the ones to pass the good news along. Verse 9, we see a few characteristics of the kingdom, the kingdom that's coming. We get a taste of some of this now. Heal the sick in it and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. It's here. Physical needs are being met. It's a taste of what's going to happen when the kingdom comes in all its fullness. Spiritual healing is here. The kingdom of God is here. You can receive it. You must accept it. Act on it. This is the day of opportunity. Mike already mentioned it today. Today is the day of salvation. The power to escape Satan's deception and sin's bondage is today. Do not play around with it. The kingdom of God is upon you. One of my sons, I have three of them, by the way, And I forget which one it happened to, but he was hiking in the Adirondacks, the high peaks, 
if you know that area. When you get up on a high peak, it's up high enough that you're above the tree line. The only thing that grows there is moss on the rocks and a few scrub brush things. He and his buddies had hiked up, part of a, a I don't know, I guess he was a leader or whatever, of a hiking crew. And a storm, and they can pop up quick in the mountains, suddenly came on them. There was only one thing to do. You know what it was? Run. Because there's no shelter up on a high peak. There were lightning bolts coming down. You couldn't hide anywhere, so you just had to tear off and run down below the tree line for safety. There were lightning bolts crashing all over the place, near them. You know, when a lightning bolt's close, it's like you see the flash and the boom is like right there. That's scary. Thankfully, no one was hurt. The kingdom of God is upon us. There's no time but to run into the arms of Christ. Today, do not delay, do not play with that truth. Go, make clear the critical choice. Rejecting the gospel has dire consequences. Shaking the dust off of your feet is just a symbol of separated from God, declaring that this place is bankrupt of any spiritual life in Christ. It would be better for Sodom and Gomorrah on that day. That means the day of judgment. To reject Christ is serious. To reject this kingdom invitation is a terrible choice. Jesus was speaking to Jewish people who had all the advantages they had the prophets. They had God's word. They had his covenant promises. They had the temple. They had all the rituals. They had, had it all. Tyre and Sidon were Gentile cities with a reputation for having nothing to do with God. They were sinful and prideful, and Jesus said the Jewish advantages were, would not benefit the Jews at all. If, if Tyre and Sidon heard what I taught, they would have repented long ago. He mentions Capernaum, verse 13. Woe to you, Chorus, and woe to you, Bethsaida. And Capernaum, verse 15. Will you be exalted to heaven? You shall be brought down to Hades. <laughs> they thought they had all the advantage. Jesus lived in Capernaum. He did tons of miracles there. He taught there regularly. And they thought they were okay with God. They were mistaken. There's nothing more dangerous to a soul than to think your standing with God is okay. In Revelation chapter 3, Jesus gives an invitation to a church. You say, I'm rich. I propose... I have prospered and I need nothing, not realizing that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined by fire. In verse 19, Jesus says to this church in Laodicea, those whom I love I reprove and discipline, so be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. I've said it before, I'll say it one more time. Don't 
play around with this invitation. Believe. What will you decide today about following Christ? About surrendering wholly to Christ if you're already a follower? Do you think you're okay? Don't make the sole mistake of thinking you're all right when you're not. If you accept the disciples' message, you accept Jesus' message, you accept God the Father's message. It's the same for us. Follow Jesus with all you have because ministry's not easy. The gospel message's got to be heard. Decide to believe, to reject Christ. Jesus is a disaster. One last thought. Go and then come back in rejoicing. The disciples had great success. The 72 returned, it says in verse 17, with joy saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. So demons were submitting to them. They were delivering people from physical oppression and spiritual oppression. That is something to be joyful about. And Jesus said he saw Satan fall like a lightning flash. I love what Leon Moore says in his commentary. From a human viewpoint, a few preachers went out. They preached the good news, and a few people believed it, and they got healed. But what did heaven see? Satan's kingdom was falling apart. He was losing. He fell. He suffered a huge defeat through the preaching of the kingdom of the gospel. So do not give up our labors, not in vain, people. There's this great cosmic battle going on. It was going on then, and it's going on now. And victory was decided at the cross of Christ. So victory has been won. Then how come I'm still battling? with Satan. It's like D-Day when the Allies, in World War II, when the Allies invaded Europe. World War II went on for another almost a full year in Europe. But because they got a foothold on the European continent in the first few days, victory was assured. We have a foothold. Satan's still battling, but the victory is ours for sure. Their joy should be our joy. We belong to a 2,000-year-old heritage of ministry. We have some history. Followers of Jesus, remember these truths. We are in a personal relationship with the Lord of heaven. We are contributing to the battle that is reversing evil in the world that transforms sinners into holy people, citizens of heaven. We have forgiveness and we are receiving the blessings of his mercy already. Share the news, show the advantage of what it means to follow Christ. Jesus' joy 
Look at verse 21. In that same hour, he rejoiced in the Holy Spirit. Thrilled with joy. We're told that Jesus wept three times. We're told once that he was filled with joy in his earthly ministry. Interesting. So this is a big moment. Satan's kingdom is crumbling. He offers up a prayer of thanksgiving in this text. He reveals God's great compassion for the world. We see Jesus' greatness. He is God the Son. Jesus turned to his disciples in verse 23, and he said, Blessed are the eyes that see what you see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings desired to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. What a great privilege those disciples have. What a great privilege we have to be able to see it through the written word of God. Think about it, followers of Jesus. We know something. We understand something. We have gotten a taste of God's kingdom. We're experiencing the power of God's life-transforming work in our lives. Sometimes we wish the pace would be picked up, but God knows what he's doing in our lives. We get to share the glories of God's kingdom with people who don't have a clue. And we're commissioned by the Lord of glory to go explain what it means to live in the kingdom of God. What are we going to do? Well, you're already going, and you're trying. What are you going to ask for the Lord to send workers? Send us. Send more workers. Make us courageous, Lord, for your honor and glory. Let's pray. Lord God, we ask you today for us to see your glory, Lord Jesus, to know that you are the King of kings and you've come to save us. Lord, may we be sheep willing to go amongst the wolves to display the power of Christ and his cross. Lord, send these people out with your blessing. Give them your assurance today. May we serve you together this week wherever we are, knowing that you are with us and that your kingdom is coming. It's here, and you will save. We ask you to do this in Jesus' name. Amen.